on SAFM. Kanye, good evening, ma'am. Thank you so much for joining us. A very good evening to you, Sangezo, and your listeners too. Mm. Can, can, can this ANC-led government yes. be more spectacular in its incompetence or sheer disregard for what it should do, for how it ought to respect us as a people, its people, its electorate, can it? Can it do more than what rubbish it is doing right now? Well, I think, Sonezo, as we've always thought that it can't get any worse, ultimately um, it does, you know, as, as we've seen in the last um, few weeks. And, I mean, where do we start? Do we look at what's happening in the State Commission, State Capture Commission, AstraZeneca? Do we look at Sona? Um, to look at uh, load shedding, as you mentioned in your intro, there's just a lot that's happening at, at at the same time. And of course, it's all collectively coming together, you know, to, to create the picture that the ANC government is no longer in control either of itself as a party or of running um, the country efficiently specifically on urgent matters like the whole vaccination process. You know, we've seen the big blow that we've had, um, you know, to the country with the uh, knowledge that there's a very short shelf life of the AstraZeneca and they're going to, um, you know, expire in April. So I guess, you know, the the choice is yours. Where do we start? You know, we can look at all of these issues in, in, in detail, but they all come down to paint the picture that you did in, in your intro, just in terms of people's expectations in South Africa constantly being disappointed in one way or another, that sense of being constantly um, let down. So I, I guess we can, you know, get into the issues. The fact that the minister came on television mm-hmm. and said what he said, among other things, the most important thing was to find an alternative to ensure our plan doesn't derail. What yes. plan which will consider an alternative to a procurement of two weeks ago? A plan mm-hmm. that doesn't derail. The plan has derailed. Mm-hmm. The fact that the efficacy of this vaccine, never mind the expiry date option, if it's ecof- efficacy is not good enough why is it in the country in the first place it becomes an aggravating circumstance of course that it will be expiring in april when there clearly is no strategy that is readily ascertainable for the public to go and get and i'm saying particularly the healthcare public or those in the front line to be getting their vaccinations i mean why should first of all mr mkiza have his position still why Okay, let's get into the facts of the matter. Uh, you spoke about the efficacy of the vaccine. Currently, that's standing at 10%. So we are looking at a low um, efficacy. However, let's just also backtrack a little bit in terms of why this vaccine came into the country in the first place. Last year, there were 2,000 participants who were part of the AstraZeneca trials that took place in South Africa between 18 and 16, uh, 18 and 65 year olds were, were tried and tested. Uh, and this was before the new variant and the mutations came into being. So this was um, towards the end of that first wave and scientists were satisfied then that, um, you know, this new vaccine would be effective. However, by the time it came into the country, the, the strains had mutated and the efficacy is now currently sitting at a 10%. And the criticism is that this should have never happened. I mean, we were right in the middle of the second wave. South Africa should have, um, you know, said that 
the order that we made, guys, it's no longer going to be effective for us. We need a new vaccine and we need a new strategy to deal with this as far as AstraZeneca uh, specifically is concerned. Noting that there are other vaccines that are coming through from Johnson & Johnson. We are awaiting 9 million units from them and from Pfizer as well. We've got 20 million units uh, that are coming into the country, which we are made to believe will be effective against um, the new strain that has mutated and has been seen in at least, you know, 24 other African countries and in other countries further afield. So in terms of the entire overall rollout of the vaccine, the health minister said that it is still on track. What's on hold currently is AstraZeneca, while scientists gather uh, their heads into a think tank. You know, we've got until April to effectively use that AstraZeneca, but in terms of how well it will protect us, you know, that's been exposed to be not very well in the first place. So the question is, are they going to exchange you know, the one million uh, units from AstraZeneca that has been touted as, um, you know, an alternative as well. And there's also been talk of pushing back the vaccine expiry date. And why that is, is uh, scientists tell us that all expiry dates are at least three months before the actual expiry of the product. So that's also uh, that's an a option. That's rubbish excuse, frankly speaking. Well, <laughs> that's what they tell us. You know what I'm saying? However... Um, as we know, of course, you know, the, the collateral damage that's been done in terms of perceptions. Perceptions are very difficult to change once they've been set. And there's a perception now that South Africa, uh, the South African government is scrambling to get back on top of the issue of the vaccine. We'll remember that the one million units came amidst a lot of pomp and ceremony. Um, you know, there was a live address from the president. That's very that is just the thing, you know, when you have a president yes. receiving a procurement order, let's call it what it is, yes. a president and a deputy president receiving yes. a procurement order and then playing to the gallery in receiving i mean sort of looking at the invoice or the delivery note Mm. and then in the wake of all of that pomp and ceremony you can look as foolish as looking at something which effectively is going to expire well in advance of what you would have anticipated i mean there are so many questions and you've touched on a lot of the due diligence engaged in all of this if it was a contract in ordinary sense there is a clause in every contract for yes. cancellation and the circumstances under which you can cancel. For goodness yes. sake, pay the penalty if it comes to that. But you cannot be putting the nation's risk, I mean the, the, the nation's entire health on oh, such no. a risk and the PR that you lose as a result of this blunder. I'll give you an opportunity to think about a few of those things. We do have a couple of callers on the line. It's 2017. The number to dial is Johannesburg, 714-2006. 90 seconds starts now. Good evening, Aisha in Uppington. Uh, I agree with you. It's totally ridiculous about the expiry date and uh, other enough. Uh, what I want to talk about is gifts of the givers and the nomination for the Nobel Peace Prize. Why are they not being nominated? The people that actually do the work on the ground. That's all. Thank you. Fantastic. Much appreciated. Aisha in Uppington. Let's go through to Quinton in Virginia. Good evening, Quinton. Hello. How are you, Pangazo? Well, sir, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Mm. I just want to speak about the Friday tea. That was a big issue for the weekend for us. Go for it. Mm, but what I think, 
the EFF leader, which is Julius Malema, all we know is that he has ambitions to become a president of South Africa. But I think what he has seen now, he has seen an opportunity in the ANC, which is trying to get the sanction on the other side, which is the Zuma, to be on his side. And then he makes sure that he will pursue the president to just go and appear on the Zondo Commission. And then after that, make sure that I get the support if I do come back to the ES, to the ANC and take the lead. Because you can see the vocal leaders who are against the president of Cyril Ramaphosa, the likes of Tony Nyengeni was there, the likes of Zwandile Masina was there. So automatically, if my assumptions are right, is that there is a team in the ANC that wants uh, Julius Malema to come in the forefront and take the lead. Let's go for, let's say, the ANC now. They say the president must step down. Who do you think can take the lead in the ANC? Because the ANC itself, they don't have the confidence in the deputy president in terms of the David Mabuza. So... Yeah, I think that's your time, and that's a good point to leave it. So, yeah, so, and now, now what? Good evening to you, Colin, in Cape Town. Uh, good evening, Zengezo. Zengezo, mm. I agree with you 100%. What was our president reading when the vaccine arrived? Um, knowing it will take another three weeks to distribute it, and that will be that will bring us to the end of February, and it expires in two months or three months' time. Now, why didn't we have our scientists going to India or wherever they bought that vaccine from, go and test and make sure it's what we ordered in this country and test it while they're over there. We could spend money and send our guys there and test it. Now, what shocked me, Sir Ramaphosa said the other day uh, regarding Zuma, Give him space and time. He's already had nine years of space, but he hasn't done time. How can our president say we must give Jacob Zuma space and time to decide what to do? Thank you, Zangeza. Thank you very much, Colin. Much appreciated. Let's go to KZN Anonymous. Could it ever be a show without your calling? Welcome. <laughs> I must say, I must the one with most of my money. I tried so many times. Uh, and nevertheless, Songhezo, uh, uh, I want to say you're 100% correct in everything that you have said. Our country is going down, uh, down because the reason why, because they are not communicating properly with the relevant bodies. They need to uh, communicate with the scientists. They are communi- uh, communicating with the doctors, normal uh, practitioners. They, uh, you know, they are not even scientists, they're not even specialists. Right? And you communicate with that person. You're supposed to. Con- I think the next lady should go. The one who spilled the beans up, uh, the sister Kosi Koza. She should be the next president of this country. She must stand up to Mr. P- Mr. Ramaphosa and be the next female president of this country. Maybe the females can think better. And you'll, uh, they think quicker. I don't know who their advisors are. That you know they don't check. And shouldn't the scientists be going and collecting the medication so they can check or? test or do whatever they have to do why is the medical doctors are going practitioners and they are not even practicing because they are politicians now thank you
Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Anonymous in KZN. Yeah, this is the importance of the promotion of admin. What am I saying? The PIA. Promotion, promotion of Access to Information Act. I keep on saying PAJA. This is the value of why information, and I, I take the point very well there, um, Anonymous, because information, particularly government information, which becomes public information, unless to the extent that it is classified, it ought to be readily ascertainable. These are some of the things, low-hanging fruits, if you will, that the opposition parties would surely have picked up, or your NGOs who are in the space of ensuring such blunders do not take place on such a national scale. Let's go to Sakile in KZN. Hello. Mm. Yes. Yes, uh, thank you. Thank you so much for calling it what it is. You know, some other people are scared to say it. I don't know why. But anyway, you know, sometimes we had load shedding from Friday to, to Sunday. And uh, the spokesperson of, of ESCOM, you know, the well-known critic of ESCOM management, Zikonati Manchancha, was tweeting about a team in Kanza. That's what he was doing when he was, um, yeah, full down, lockdown sh- sh- shedding that we had today, uh, over the past weekend. And uh, please engage on, a, on an opinion piece that I found in the Maiden Guardian, this man, Sean Reed, justifying inequality. You know, this man even went on in the middle of a pandemic when we saw how much unequal South Africa is. He even went on to, to cast aspersion on the person who discovered this Gini coefficient and, and, and smeared him and said he was a Mussolini, supported the Mussolini fascist government in Italy. Well, Mr. Gini, who discovered the Gini coefficient the index, which we measure inequality. And he went on and said, people who use this index are a cult. You know, please read this opinion piece that was written in the in the in the middle of a pandemic in the Middle Guardian. Thank you so much. You'd be surprised to what lengths people go at or go to for the purposes of recognition or clout or to be spoken of. It reminds me to something I'll, 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 I'll refer back to what I'm thinking right now, but I just need to get my literature correct. But you've heard what the callers have to say. South Africans are not at all impressed with what is going on. Would all this actually translate itself to local government elections where at least the nation in mass can and does have an opportunity to speak and to speak in rather decisive terms, can you? Well, we know how society speaks. The constituent speaks through withholding its vote. You know, that's primarily how they speak. And we saw the the AMC being hit hard, you know, in, in the previous local government elections, losing another a number of wards um, to parties like the Democratic Alliance, like the EFF, and in some cases, total municipalities to coalitions. Now, what we're seeing happening at um, this particular uh, stage in time is, is, is seeing the ANC finding itself in a very precarious position because it doesn't have a good story to, to, to sell right now because before election time, you need a good story to tell. You need to, um, you know, reinstill the confidence of the people in your ability to run uh, local municipalities. We'll know that 
the VBS issue, um, you know, directly affected local municipalities with a number of um, their, um, you know, financial officers talking about uh, being forced to to invest a lot of the municipalities' money into um, VBS. So that speaks to financial mismanagement, and we've seen mayors and uh, municipal managers, you know, being brought, you know, to book. You know, we know that the VBS issue has pretty much taken a bit of a of a back turn. But if you're talking about local government and governing at a local level, those are some of the issues um, that we have to look at. We also look had to look at um, the issue of the PPEs. We can't ignore that. You know, the widespread corruption that's been um, exposed. You know, in in, in the procurement, um, you know, processes. We we saw uh, the press briefing uh, a few days ago, uh, where it was revealed that a lot of the supply chain management officials were under the impression that procurement processes were to be completely disregarded in in favor of emergency procurement and they um you know didn't take into consideration that they still needed to uphold a certain uh, level and a standard of you know uh procurement integrity which didn't happen so as we move into the local government elections the ANC is going in quite frail i mean we can only um look at uh, what's happening within the party let's not even look at the ANC as a governing party of the state let's just look at the party itself and what's happening you know and if we have to use it as, as, as the lead in into the to the tea party having senior ANC um, officials like Yom Zwandila Masina like your Tony Yengeni going into these tea parties with Julius Malema and the former president Jacob Zuma uh, you know raising a number of suspicions because everything that's come out in the media has been suspicions and speculations we don't actually know what was spoken about in that meeting the EFF spokesperson did not elicit any confidence himself in speaking to to the media that had shown up you know he said the tea was hot the tea was sweet I mean what is that (laughs) so what if the tea was hot and the tea was sweet give us something to work with you know and once again perhaps it alludes to your opening point uh, when you open the show to say do we care that two individuals have met but what it does do in, in, in a political context is raise questions whether the, the president, Sir Ramaphosa, is still in control of the ANC. Does he have it tightly within its grip, his grip, or is it falling out of his hands and it's a free-for-all right now? And I think everybody has an answer, and for the most part, that answer is probably going to be one answer as opposed to a, a split down the middle. We have one more phone. We have one more caller from Durban. Swoo, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Good evening, Songas. How are you, my pro- Good, sir. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm well, I'm well. On the tea party, Friday tea party, and the speculations and what's happening, uh, what happened on that day, can you just rest the story uh, up until we know for sure? Uh, I mean, calling analysts and what I had this morning was just laughable. Uh, the analyst came and he said, I'm not for sure that the, the meeting was about scaring uh, Cyril Ramaphosa that they are in control. And then the next sentence, he says, you can assume that the meeting was about the commission. <laughs> how, how do you know for sure and assume at the same, at the second sentence, you're assuming? Uh, can you just let it rest? People met and they, 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 maybe they saw to the secrecy of their meeting up until a certain time. We will definitely know what they were meeting about but 
this, this uh, what we hear on the radio it really makes makes us laugh. Eh? Uh, that's what I wanna I wanna raise. But in uh, Katie's show this morning, uh, professor that was there, it was it was scary stuff that he was talking about. But yeah, that's my point. Let's let's wait for them. One day we'll know what they were speaking about. And they, I agree with know, you. They, they they don't owe us to tell us if if they are if they are if they are planning something they plan I mean Terry Anne complained with Kati uh, uh, they they had tea you know it's just that we didn't know about it and uh, no one was punished for that it, it, sure it, no I've got you Sibu let's me let let's move on I agree with you it in the final analysis it doesn't affect anything mm-hmm. not at state level not at an individual level. Two individuals. One happens to be a former president. One happens to be the leader of the party that is second in the rank of opposition parties in the national parliament. So what? They don't want to talk about it. Let's not give them that platform. They don't want to talk about it. Anyway, let's listen to some voice notes in the light of the conversations held so far with Ms. Kanye Makubane, who is an independent political analyst. We'll play three or four Kanye, after which you will sign off with some of the sentiments that the listeners have expressed. I've noticed something about uh, our journalists, radio presenters. There's nothing wrong with this vaccine that's going to expire at the end of uh, of March. Firstly, this one million dosage, it was gonna be utilized for the health for the health 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 caregivers and all the frontliners. So, which means it was gonna be used before it expires. So what is this halabalu about? Yeah, the uh, deputy president was there uh, getting all that. Yes, he was there because those things were going to utilize before the, before the expiry date. Unless you've got a plan, say. You know, I, 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 I've run out of words. First and foremost, this was inspected, like you said, by both uh, the deputy and the president. Then they miss the expiry date. I'm asking myself, if you walk in a shelf, you and me, the first thing you check when you procure any product that has a shorter lifespan, I'll make an example of yogurt, you will check the expiry date. How on earth did they miss that? But then again, remember, from the NCC, it's led by a doctor that has never practiced in 20 years and one of our former president's ex-wife. There are no variologists that are involved in that uh, 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 whatever command council. It's just Oliver Tambo's comrades. That is why they are always dropping the ball. Professors are not involved. It's just Oliver Tambo's comrades. It's Honorable Monarang in Kailicha. Good evening, Songers of Ciso in the Eastern Cape. You know, the issue of corruption in South Africa is becoming too much. It's going to be an endless story. We're going to hear about it each day, each year. And unless the citizens of this country stand up and recount it and vote the right way when we go to the polls. Because ANC will never self-correct. This is going go is going to go on and on until the cows come home. Thank you. Good evening, Songezo and the listeners. You know, I'm laughing at your initial remarks right now, but I'm only laughing because I found that you know you either laugh or you cry. Um, now nah, I've just resigned myself to the fact that I'm living in a country where people keep voting ANC and 
I'm going to live in a sewage as a result. There's nothing I can do. So, yeah, so I guess, well, hey, it's sad, man, you know. This country is a dream defiled. You know, it's so sad. Yeah, but what can we do? It's Martin Murphy King. Good evening, South Africa, nonsensical country. Yeah, it's just gone to the dogs. We've been on load shedding since 6 a.m. this morning, and we are still on load shedding. I sat in my car the whole day charging my phone, making sure that at least I'll be on air. At least people get in touch with me for reasons, for business reasons. And right now, even my car's battery is on load shedding. Ah, to hell with South Africa. To hell with the politicians. Everybody's just a crook. Damn. Those are some heavy words to be spoken by a South African citizen who says, to hell with the country, Kanye. The one before that is resigned to the fact that South Africa is a dream defiled. Monareng makes a very simple example, but you would think that simple Mm -hmm. example would find its way, which it is implicit in any reading of any procurement for anything that it was simple to pick this up. And, and I'm particularly responding to the first voice note who says, why are we making hellabaloo about this thing? Because we should. We should not drop our standards. We should not have a bar so low that we should accept anything and any explanation in the way of accepting anything for the purposes of just moving on. Because that's precisely what has gotten us here. Tomorrow, we simply accept that it will be a better day than the day before. And it only emboldens these incompetent people to simply go on in their wanton ways with a sense of callous regard or callous disregard, whichever you will, for the people in the collective interest. Final comment. Um, I think the real danger in in the overall sentiment that was shared by the listeners is a sense of uh, hopelessness. And once that sets in, you get voter apathy. And when you see voter apathy, people just don't have interest in participating in any electoral um, you know, process. And when that happens, people are actually speaking. When political parties no longer have enough power to be in power, then they will realize how they messed with their power, and that's how they lost their power. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Ms. Kanye Makubani. Makubani, I beg your pardon. Kanye Makubani, independent political analyst.